Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope that you enjoy this podcast from Pastor Glenn Fraser, and we hope that it blesses you. For any more information on this sermon or any additional resources, visit us at thrivechurch.co.nz. Good morning. Hey, wonderful to have you all at church this morning. Who's had a great week? Anyone there? Show of hands. There's a great week down the back. There's a few other great weeks over here. It was just like a generic great week. Someone's putting their hand up. I better put my hand up moment. Good stuff. I welcome your feedback this morning. You know when people have got the microphone up the front, it's actually a little bit like out of your comfort zone. This is not what I do any other time during the week. This is Sunday morning. It's all like, whoa, here we are. I'm standing up in front of a bunch of whole lot of people again. When we're up the front, I just want to encourage you. you. You're allowed to talk back to us. I don't really want a conversation with you, but things like, mmm, yeah, that's good. And like, especially when my wife's got the microphone, then I'm like looking around to see who's encouraging her. Like, encourage. Come on. <laughs> this is good. We can just like agree. And it's just, it really actually, because what we're doing here on a Sunday morning is that we we actually spend time, our worship team spends time, whoever's preaching spends time. We're actually going, God, what do these people need? What are you saying for our church? What are you saying for our community? And so on a Sunday morning when we come together, what we're doing is that we're coming together in agreement. And we're coming together to agree around what we believe God's doing. And so, you know, this morning we were singing, God is so good. And you might have been there going like, Man, we're singing this line over and over and over again. I get the picture. God is good. <laughs> and, and so, you know, but, you know, how many times during the week have we actually wondered about whether God's good? How many times have we, like, you know, just doubted along the way? You know, is He really there? Is He really for me? And so when we come into those times and we have, like, you know, when we're worshiping, when we're just like, hey, there's just, we're just going to camp here on a statement or a saying or like three words like we did this morning. And that repetition, it actually enforces a truth into our lives. And it, and it aligns our spirit with what he's doing. Once again, coming into agreement with him. Is that good? Yeah, well, yeah, it's great, it's great. Uh, so we got like uh, in a month or so, uh, we've got a really exciting offering uh, happening. We just touched on that in our church news. This is uh, the Big Give offering. And um, this, this offering and this expression um, that we want to invite you in, uh, all into this, is really around missional giving. It's around uh, community initiatives. We have Michaela uh, at uh, Rangiora High School doing 24-7 high school work. We have other community uh, initiatives. And we're also partnering with other agencies in our communities, in our community, Rachel's House, for example, who uh, have an expression of God's heart for the, for the one, you know, for those ones who are suffering, and and we just want to partner with these people to say, we believe in you. This is a great thing you're doing uh, into our community. And then we have our international givings uh, as well, that um, a lot of the finance actually flow to from this big give offering in uh, the Philippines, uh, Danny Steele, Chris and Ruth and Maff, and then Julie McGregor as well, uh, and Jeff in uh, Cambodia. And so over the next month, I, we, we just want to invite you just to kind of like go, hmm, God, are you asking me uh, to bring an expression of, um, of your heart through a financial gift uh, to this offering in four weeks? So that's going to be good. 
good. It's going to be really awesome, and we've got some great testimonies um, out of this, um, out of our Big Give offering, and we've even um, around our church Christmas production as well. We we fund that because we want to open that up to the community uh, to just share the goodness of God um, with with our region and with your friends. So anyway, um, the Big Give is coming up soon. Uh, I just, if you got your Bibles here today, just jump to Exodus. Uh, chapter 31, it is the second book in the Bible, and it's awesome. It's the stories of story of Moses coming out of Egypt, and we've got, I've got a special, there's a special man I want to introduce to you today. You may have never heard of this guy, and, and so you're going to be like, well, who is this dude? So chapter uh, 31, verses 1, uh, we're going to kick this off. The Lord said to Moses, See, I have appointed Bezalel. Bezalel. That's right, eh? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, a bunch of Hebrew angels like 2,000, 4,000 years ago got together and thought, hey, let's just make Old Testament prophet names and Bible characters names really, really tricky for the skinny white guy with dyslexia. Uh, in like 100,000 years' time. Because I struggle, all right? Does anyone notice that? <laughs> yeah, yeah huh? uh, I like the New Testament angels. There was like Luke, <laughs> yeah, Mark, John. I'm good with those names. Anyway, so this guy, Bezalel, uh, of the tribe of Judah. Everyone say Bezalel. There we go. Uh, it says this. It says, and uh, so the Lord, let's start again. I have appointed Bezalel of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and skill in constructing the tabernacle. Everyone say tabernacle. That's a funny word. It's a tent, a meeting place uh, for God. And, and everything it contains, he is highly capable as an artistic designer of objects made of gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled, too, as a jeweler and in carved wood. This guy has got some skills. And I've appointed Oholib (laughs) to be his assistant so that they can make the tabernacle, the ark, and the place of mercy upon it, and all the furnishings of the tabernacle, the table and its instruments, the pure gold lampstand and its instruments, the altar of incense, the burnt offering altar with its instruments, the laver and its pedestal, and the beautifully made holy garments for Aaron the priest and the garments for his sons. So this guy has got an assignment where he gets to bring his skill set to the house and the work of God. He brings this kind of thing, this talents, these things that he's been using out in the world. And I don't know where he learned his trade. Maybe it was back in Egypt. Maybe he was, you know, he, he worked for the Pharaoh and he was doing that kind of stuff and he was using it in that environment. But he, he got to bring this skill set to the house of God. And this was unusual because the servants of the house of God, this was, this was like a, you were a Levite and only the Levites actually were chosen to actually minister in the house of God. And that was because of their birth limit, lineage. But Bezali wasn't one of these guys. Bezel, he wasn't one of these. Bezel. Beza. Beza. Hey, Bees, mate. There you go. Be a good Kiwi, mate. Uh, okay. Only the Levites could actually minister 
in the house of God. But those who were chosen to build the house of God, they were chosen because of their personal gift set there. You know, this was, this was the best craftsmen, the best artists, regardless of, you know, your tribe. And they got to construct this beautiful, uh, portable dwelling place of God in, in, in the wilderness as well. So Beza's work and, and passion, he, he helped people with his passion and his work. He helped people to encounter the Father. He created a place in an environment with what he did so that people and God could meet together in the presence of God. And now, you may not be someone who, uh, maybe you're never going to hold a microphone from the front of church and preach, and maybe you're going to. That'd be amazing as well. But maybe maybe you're not going to do that, and that's all good. But maybe the way that you serve in God's house, and maybe the way that you serve in His in His kingdom, is, and, and how you make room for others, and how you express you know, your faith is actually going to be through the gifts and the grace, the natural talents that God has put in your hand, the people around who your Monday and your Friday, and maybe it's how you pray for others. Maybe it's how you serve others. And, and, and maybe that's all the voice that you need to bring the expression of God into the world around you. I believe and it is. No one else can be who you are and you're created in the image of God for a purpose and to be a part of his assignment and expression into the world. However and wherever we express the love of God in the world around us, I want to tell you that God uses our passion, not our position to do that. You could be look. You could think, man. Well, when I'm this, and when I'm that, and when I'm safe, and when I'm comfortable, then I'm. I want to tell you that God wants to use your passion today around who you are, around who God's called you to be. He wants you to own who you are in this season. I believe to bring the passion and the love of God into the world around us. Um, Part of this big give expression is that we want to celebrate as well what uh, those are doing in overseas mission. And I just wanted, um, I was in touch with Julie from Cambodia and she sent me this message. I want to share uh, uh, an awesome story with you. And it's a part of this expression of her life uh, into uh, Cambodia. And, and she's just gone back with Jeff after about three or four months of sabbatical in New Zealand. And so she says this, our return to Cambodia has been a timely reminder that God builds his kingdom. Our role is to be obedient to what he calls us to do, regardless of whether it looks like uh, the kingdom is expanding or not. While I'm on sabbatical, my uh, group of women, or Julie's group of women uh, uh, in prison had no teacher for almost four months. So Julie goes into a prison regularly in Cambodia, and she just takes the love of God, the Bible with her, and she has begun talking to women in prison about a faith journey. And she said, um, so in the, in the prior two years, God has been very clear to me personally that I was to spend more time, this is just Julie, learning how to study the Bible and then teach my, my group of girls 
how to study the Bible themselves. And over the, the four months with no leader, the ladies continued to study the Word, support, teach, and encourage each other. They also voluntarily took over leading one of the other classes for newer followers of Christ. And in the process, um, the, the group has actually grown. And what started with eight women in 2013 grew to 20 in 2016 and expanded to 29 when I left for sabbatical. And upon returning to Cambodia, it has now grown to 40 women. Praise God. I mean, that is... It's a little girl with a Bible taking it into a prison to bring hope. I love her consistency. Oh, oh, what are you doing with the two or three around your life? You know, maybe the four or five that are in your world. Just there's something about being consistently present, consistently faithful, consistently opening the Word of God, even when you don't understand it yourself and going, this is what I'm prioritizing in this season. And she said, she goes on to say, all God asks for is a hungry and obedient heart. The small group of women have experienced freedom and hope as they have studied his word and sought the Lord in their circumstances. Others around them have witnessed the change and hope and joy that, um, that makes no difference or rational sense in a place which they're living. And these are tough circumstances in prison as well in Cambodia. And God has faithfully brought more lost children to his kingdom. Isn't that so awesome? And we celebrate their work and the work of the Holy Spirit, you know, in their lives. And, and you know, like I was saying earlier, you, not, you may not be called to a prison in Cambodia to bring an expression of, of the love of God, but we're called to our community. We are called and on mission to the world around us. We are called to, to see captives set free and bring an expression of freedom into those who are held captive by the pattern of this world around our lives. And I think our, our passion and our devotion for Christ, regardless of what we do, will lead us towards our assignment. So this passion and this devotion to Christ is the thing that's going to lead you onwards in life. And, and he is looking for a church that is passionate, come on, about his name, that is passionate about his fame, that is passionate about the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And when we look at Jesus and we look into his life, he identified with giving his best to whoever was around him until whatever situation or circumstance he actually found himself in, whether he was washing someone's feet, whether he was healing the sick or teaching, uh, his first recorded miracle, he turns water into wine and at the celebration, the wine is considered the best. Why have you saved the best to last? I want to tell you that's because it went through Jesus's hands. He gave his best, and he only lived to the age of 33. And, and, and like that excellent wine that he poured out in that wedding celebration, he poured his life out. He poured his best out for humanity. He poured his best out for you, not so we had a comfortable just life that we could cruise through so that we could be infused with that same cause and passion that he carried in life. He, doesn't, he didn't come to, to see a church full of comfortable Christians who just 
come to church on Sundays. You know, he came to see a people activated into the fullness of who he is in their lives. So I want to tell you that it is a noble cause, the cause of Christ. It is a noble cause coming to church and partnering with him on Sunday. It's a noble cause to serve in the house of God. And I believe God's house, his church, and it's the expression of his name that is actually intrinsically connected to this beauty and excellence and the and the and the expression that we're called to have in our lives. Like that's 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 a just turn to your neighbor and say, come on, come on. You were born to be passionate. You were just come on, sing louder. I love you singing. Come on, we're called to run and check this out. You know, a, a life that is surrendered to Christ turns the ordinary into the extraordinary. <coughs> a life that's surrendered to Christ turns the ordinary into the extraordinary, the natural into the supernatural. The natural into the supernatural. You know, you're, you're supernatural. You're, you're natural, but you're called and created to be naturally supernatural. And it's going to have... Like, you're going to create waves. Check this out from old Bees, my mate Beezy here. 500 years later. Can I, can I do that with the Bible? I don't know. This is 500 years later in Chronicles. Old Bees gets a mention. It says, The bronze altar made by Bees stood in the front of the old tabernacle. And now Solomon, who uh, had invited assembled, everyone had invited, assembled themselves before it. That night, God appeared to Solomon and told him, ask me for anything and I'll give it to you. Man, isn't that amazing that what bees has set up there created an environment 500 years later for someone to have an encounter with God and God says to them, ask for whatever you want and I'll give it to you because our lives, are, we're called to have ripple effects. It's called to go, your life is called to live on beyond yourself. And many of the Bible legends, they were given these big opportunities when God said to them, I'll give you whatever you ask for. And, and how, did, how did these people cash in their heavenly lotto moment? Like if we were asked... Whoa, well, I'll give you everything, anything that you want. And, and, but how do these guys do it? All of them only ask for noble things. Abraham, he requested, help me to follow you. Moses requested, help me to set people free. David's request was, help me to slay the giant threatening our people. Esther said, help me save these people. Solomon said, give me wisdom to rule your people. That was at that moment there with Beza's altar. Isaiah said, give me clean lips to speak your words. Peter said, help me feed your sheep. Jesus said, help me show them your love. Come on. That's the expression that God's looking for in us, and it's found in following Jesus Christ. Do you know him? Do you know him? Do you know the passion that he has for you? Do you know the friendship that he has for you? There's this verse that says, a noble person only plans noble things. 
A noble person only plans noble things. Why can't Thrive Church be like another Camelot? Come on, why can't we have a people who are fully dedicated to only nobility and, and its gold? When we, goals? When we look at the word noble, uh, the synonyms of the word noble, we've got righteous, we've got virtuous, we've got good, honorable, honest, upright, upstanding, decent, worthy, uncorrupted, moral, ethical, magnanimous, unselfish, generous, self-sacrificing, brave. Aren't they incredible, inspiring words? Don't you just want to like jump into that and say, that's who I am, that's who I want to be, that's what I want my children to live a life like, that's what I want, to, I want my friends to be in touch with this kind of expression into our world. And so I just want to just dial it back a bit and just talk about two uh, two expressions of the cause of Christ in our lives, because as the, as followers of Christ and as as um, the body, the church, we're actually called to bring two kind of expressions of this noble cause into our world. And so, if we were to look at this as two tracks, the train ran ran down. Track number one, and that is to be the church. That is to be the church. This is our mission into the world around us. And, and so this is what now, uh, the, what now can we do as a kingdom assignment in our lives as an expression into the, into the world around us? What are, what are our personal gifts, talent? What is the time that we have? What, are, what, is, um, what, what is the potential that we have for a noble assignment into the world around us? And this is where we, like, we can be activated as plumbers, builders, teachers, parents, host team, you know, serving, you know, out into uh, the community. This is where we're called to be the light. So this is like being the church because we know that we just don't go to church. We are the church into the world. The other track that we're called to have in this expression as the body of Christ is to actually build the church. We're actually called to be builders of God's house as well. And this is, this is our contribution into the church and into the body of Christ. Now, I'm not looking at anyone here. I want to drop a scripture right now, okay? And it's like, ooh, it's a heavy one. Uh, I want to drop a scripture here, and I've not thought of anyone or anything like this when I'm going to say the scripture, right? So this might not be a word for you, but it might be a word for you. So just listen to this. This is what, um, in Haggai chapter 1, it says, the, the, the people are saying the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the Lord spoke through the prophet Haggai, and he said, Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? Ooh, I just drop that. As I said, I'm not thinking of anyone personally. Uh, uh, th- this here, I'm just bringing this today because God's really precious about his house. God's really precious about a community of people, a dwelling place, a a dwelling of his presence and the expansion and the upholding of his name and the house of God is so precious to his heart. This is an Old Testament reference, but I want to tell you that the Bible says now we are a temple for the Holy Spirit. Now that we, we actually carry him in our own lives and together we're actually built up on the foundation of the the apostles 
and the prophets into this expression of the house of God with Jesus Christ as the cornerstone. So we can't just look at the Old Testament and go, well, that was just a, a building then. But this is actually a now word for us that God, uh, He is building His house and He wants us to honor and value the house of God and this expression through our lives. Does that make sense? So when B's set his hands to work and created something of such contrast in this world around him to host the presence of God, he was in the wilderness. He was in this place of in-betweens. In fact, the whole nation was in this place of in-betweens. They were in this desert, in this wilderness. And, and I just want to put this out there that perhaps the wilderness that is around our lives, the wilderness that we see in our, in our world is actually, ex, it, it's waiting for a contrast. It's waiting for an expression of love and creativity and vibrancy and, and a life laid down to serve others. This wilderness is actually waiting for the body of Christ perhaps to wake up and be that contrast in this place. Maybe you're feeling today like you're not in the most ideal place to activate your skills and grace to serve others. But I want to say, man, like bees, he just like shook that sand off his feet. Just shook the dust off. He just went, ah, this environment, it's not going to confine me. It's not going to define me. I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something with my gifts. I'm going to do something with my talents to express that today. And I just want to ask you, is, is there anything that you feel that you were born to do that you've been putting off because you don't feel ready? You don't, it's like, I don't feel ready. I don't feel like I'm in the right place. I don't feel prepared. And I want to tell you that you're probably never going to feel ready. You're probably never going to feel comfortable to step in to something God's asking you to do because He wants us to need Him. He wants us to lean on Him. He wants us to have faith in Him. He needs that from us. He needs that posture of our lives, of dependency in Him. So how did Beezy baby, how did he do this? He was given, man, I've really died. Beep. <laughs> how did he, he was given, he was given a significant performance enhancer. The Spirit of God. Get this. I love this point. I'm going to even say his name right for it. Bezalel. He's the first person mentioned in the Bible who was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was the first person. It says in Exodus 31, as I read out, see, I've appointed Bezalel, and I've filled him with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and skill. And it's, it's worth noting, I've got to be said that the first person filled with the Holy Spirit is not a priest, a prophet, a judge. It is Bezalel, an artist. Come on, all you artists out there. Whether you're musical or painting or you want to dance, the Spirit of God is on that. Come on, come on. And this is because a noble cause requires a noble connection. 
And we can't actually, we don't have anything without Jesus just saying. We have our best effort, our, our vessel, you know, our 70, 80, 90, 100, 120 years, come on, you know, on this planet, but without him filling our lives, we've just got nothing. And he wants to be that noble connection that brings purpose to the noble cause that is in your life. Anything built that has eternal value must be co-produced between man and God. So our ability and grace to live in the fullness of our appointment is found in the guidance and in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we see happening here, eh? We see a man who has got a level of skill, but then it says the Holy Spirit fell on his life and he was empowered to another level with wisdom and the grace to do that. And his name, Bezalel, his name actually means in the shadow of God. It means in the shadow of God. And we love Psalm 91. It says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. His name, his name describes someone who is covered and even hidden in the presence of God. He was the first of many. And he wants every one of us to know the covering and the fullness of the Holy Spirit and the gifts and the grace on our lives. You know, through the Bible, the Spirit of God, he's, he's constantly urging us to build our lives through Him and with Him. When we look at Zechariah, it says, 4, 6, it says, not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. This is like the, the natural plus the supernatural. Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain, this is a horrible, isn't it? In vain, you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. The end. <laughs> oh. In vain, toiling. Oh, but let the Lord build your house. Let the Lord build your life. Let the Holy Spirit be infused in you on a daily basis. I got here this morning and I was worshiping and I was like, oh, Holy Spirit, I miss you. I've just sort of like had a little kind of time out from you for some reason for a couple of days. And I was just like, oh, Holy Spirit, just be present in my life. Just I don't want to go a day without you. Just as I breathe in, you know, we're breathing in His presence. Breathing in his presence, being just being aware that he is with you as you go about your life. It says this when Bees and his crew finished their work, that the Bible says that the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Wow, what happens when we partner with the Holy Spirit as we get exponentially more Holy Spirit in our lives and whatever we're centering our lives around? I want to I encourage you, church, that together we're called to build the house of God. But as, as you as a person, you're also called to express the cause of Christ, the noble cause that He's put within your heart. And you cannot do that without knowing the Holy Spirit. 
You cannot do that without being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I just have a real sense that today He just wants to refresh some people in this place, to let His Spirit drop, fill you, refresh you, encourage you, give you that enabling grace to go on and do everything that you're called to be, you know, make His name great and famous in your life. Let's just stand right now in this place. Holy Spirit, we just we just want to give our lives to you. We would just want to give even perhaps our excuses to you today. We want to be a people who are ready to build with whatever we've got in our hands and our hearts and our lives, God. We just want to center our call and our cause around you, Jesus Christ. We just thank you that you're just not a tack on. You're not just on the edge or the outer God of our lives, that you actually, you just, you want to be in the center, Jesus, and we want to take whatever we've put there and just kind of remove that and just say, nah, no, we want you, Holy Spirit. We want you, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Holy Spirit, maybe you're here today and you uh, don't want to know what it means to walk with Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Maybe you don't know what it is to just know this assurance that if you died today, that you would spend eternity in His presence. Maybe you feel like you're just kind of flapping around in life and it's like, I just want to connect with my purpose. I want to tell you that that it starts with a step of faith and, and walking towards Jesus Christ, becoming a follower of His ways and His goodness and His love and becoming a part of a church family. He wants to wrap His arms around you today. It is by His grace that, you know, that anyone can stand. It is by His grace through this activation of our faith. And I just want to call you out. He's put faith in your heart. He's given faith to everyone. The Bible says a measure of faith. And He's given you enough faith to take a courageous step to embrace His love for you today.